I was in front of a group something like this, except full of skeptics of Jesus. I was going to talk about the miracles, but I decided to start off with something safe. Use some careful language, some correct language. So I said, I said, of course, everyone agrees that Jesus is one of the greatest, one of the greatest teachers that ever lived. I didn't get away with it. Guy in the front raises his hand. How can you say that? He didn't present many facts. He didn't present any theories. He only convinced 12 people. And I'm thinking, 11. <laughs> so I said something. It didn't convince the guy, but it allowed us to move on. But afterwards, I'm thinking, the guy has a point. When I think of the greatest teacher, what would the greatest teacher be like? There would be this passion for his subject. There would be encyclopedic knowledge, facts at his fingertips. But the ability to use those facts to craft a clear and convincing answer to any question. It's not Jesus. It's not really Jesus, is it? Clear and convincing answer to any... Sometimes the Jesus that I know ducks the questions. And often, 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 Jesus won't answer the question. Jesus will answer the person who asked the question. And that's why it becomes important when you're doing Bible study about things that Jesus is teaching to try and figure out, if you can, who he's talking to and why. And that's especially important in the text I wanted to share with you today from Luke chapter 10 to go chapter and verse on you. Luke chapter 10 contains a story that we know is the Good Samaritan, but the story starts before the parable starts. The story starts with a guy that Jesus is talking to. And Jesus has said, you need to love your neighbor as yourself. And our guy asks, who is my neighbor? Now, the guy isn't asking, who is my neighbor? Because his heart is overflowing with love. And he's thinking, bring me my neighbor that I may love him. <laughs> the guy is asking the question, who do I have to love? And the question behind the question, who can I get away without loving? It's like Christmas cards. <laughs> oh, she gave me one last year. I have to give one to her this year. Who do I? But he's not just any guy. He's not just any guy. We're told that he's a lawyer. He's a teacher of the law. And therefore, he almost certainly is a Pharisee. Now, who are the Pharisees? I could go on all night about the Pharisees. I don't have the time. You're going to have to come to study with me at London School of Theology if you want to hear more about Pharisees and Sadducees. But one thing I do need to tell you about Pharisees and Sadducees, those are the two main parties in first century Judaism. There's lots of little parties. Those are the two main parties. They've got lots of differences. The one that's important for tonight, probably, 
is an odd one, one that you won't have thought of, because you think it's a problem that only you have. We have a problem, right? We have this ancient text that's thousands of years old that we're trying to apply to a very different context, a very different society, a contemporary society. Thousands of years old, contemporary society. And we think we're unique. We're not unique. The people walking around in Jesus' time had exactly the same problem. Moses is thousands of years ago. And the early sections of the scripture are addressing a culture that's thousands of years ancient. How do you take an ancient text and apply it to a new century? The Pharisees and the Sadducees had two very different answers. The Sadducees said, essentially, you can't. There are a few things, a few things that do translate. Tabernacle, temple, we can do that. Sacrifices, we can do those. Sabbath, we can do that. So that's what we concentrate on. That's our religion, temple. You do what you have to do during the week, but then on Sabbath, you come back to the temple, sacrifices, there's your religion. The Pharisees had a very, very different answer and didn't like this answer from their rivals. The Pharisees agreed there are lots of situations in our world today that the ancient scripture doesn't address. But, the Pharisee will say, the ancient text does contain principles and ideals that can be pulled out and then applied to situations today. Now, when you and I say Pharisee, we tend to think of legalism and a hundred billion laws, but this is where it comes from. A hundred billion contemporary situations, and the Pharisee's trying to say, Here's how that would apply today. Here's how this would apply today. Here's how do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. Now you can see why. He's the kind of guy who would ask, who is my neighbor? Neighbor, neighbor, not neighbor, neighbor, not neighbor, neighbor. <laughs> he wants to know. All right. So it's important that he wants to know. It's also important, well, we'll see. So he asks, who is my neighbor? So then Jesus starts a story. A man is walking down the road, falls among thieves, beaten, left half dead in need. Now the man is no dope. Our guy, listening to the story, he's not gonna listen to the whole story and then try and He's thinking two things at the beginning. He's thinking a story. This is not going to go well for me. <laughs> the second thing he's thinking, of course, is where is this going? But it's pretty obvious where it's going, isn't it? Well, he thinks so. There's a man in need fallen. Jesus is going to say, you must go down the road, help that person who is your neighbor, then God will bless you. Great. All right, we'll listen to this story. But then Jesus disorients. 
He starts his scandal process. He starts doing the thing you don't expect. And he says, down the road comes, not me, not the Pharisee, down the road comes a priest, a priest. Priest, temple, Sadducee. Pharisee, Sadducee. Protestant, Catholic, Democrat, Republican. Down the road comes the wrong guy. Oh my goodness, our guy is thinking, the priest is gonna help the guy in need. And Jesus is gonna say to me, if even a Sadducee who's disconnecting today from the ancient law is able to help, how much more should you, a Pharisee, help a man in need? I see where this is going. But lots of times you say, I see where this is going to God before you see where it's going. Because <laughs> the priest walks by on the other side. Now the Pharisee is thinking, ah, I knew that would happen. <laughs> but now, obviously, priest Sadducee, next guy down the road has to be teacher of the law, Pharisee. The Pharisee will help. God will bless him. Jesus will say, there you go. So who's the next guy down the road? A Levite. Levite is like a little priest. Hello. <laughs> He's like a less qualified priest, all right? So now our guy is thinking, wait a minute, maybe this, maybe Jesus is going to tell me this isn't about party, that this is about status. The high status person, so full of themselves, doesn't help, but the Levite is going to help. The little guy doesn't have this prestige, this status. He's going to help and God will bless him, and he's gonna, something like that. But while the guy's trying to figure out how that works, the Levite walks by and doesn't help. So now our guy is thinking, okay. So Sadducee after Sadducee goes by and doesn't help. Next guy down the road has to be a Pharisee. Doesn't he? It's obvious, obvious, obvious. So who's the next guy down the road? Is the next guy down the road a Republican or a Democrat? No, he's a guy from Luxembourg. <laughs> he's a Samaritan. All right, Samaritans, you know about Samaritans, hated tribe up in the north. The point, though, I want to make is he does not belong in this story. As far as the Pharisee listening to the story is concerned, there's no way this guy fits. It's like Jesus is making a film about the Civil War, and all of a sudden, a guy in a spacesuit floats in from a <laughs> scene from a different movie. What is going on, right? Where is this coming from? And more importantly, where is it going? And while he's thinking, where is it going? Of course, Jesus Samaritan is helping the man and the, the wine and the oil, bringing him to the innkeeper, paying the coins, and doesn't get blessed by God, but then, Jesus asks the question, and it's phrased oddly, who became a neighbor to the man in need? I'm sure the guy answered in a daze because he's trying to process what's going on, but it's easy to answer in a daze, the man who helped. But why wasn't he blessed? Well, there is a guy in the story who's blessed by the Samaritan. Maybe the, story, maybe the story isn't so much about the Samaritan. 
Maybe the story is about the guy in need. Maybe it's not a story about who must I love. Maybe it's a story about who would I want to love if I was in trouble. And now I think, about now, our guy realizes there's only one person in the story who could be a Pharisee. If I'm looking for me in this story, there's only one me left, and that's the guy in need. Jesus doesn't answer the question. Jesus answers the person. Because the questions that we ask, who must I give to out of my abundance, are so much the wrong question, so much the wrong attitude, he doesn't have time for them. Jesus answers the person. Greatest teacher, greatest teacher. I don't know greatest teacher. I don't know if he's the greatest teacher. Facts, clear, crystal, convincing. But let me ask you something. Who's the best teacher you ever had? I'll bet it wasn't the smartest. I'll bet it wasn't the most convincing and persuasive teacher you ever had. I bet they're not special to you because they addressed the question, but because they addressed you, because they challenged you. Jesus of Nazareth, best teacher ever. Thanks very much.